The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think, feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger, or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Gregorides. Hope wherever you are and whatever you're doing, that you're living life fully and giving everything of yourself. And today's guest is someone who's definitely done that and continues to do that. I don't know the guest today personally. His name's Pablo Rosario. And truth be told, he's involved in an industry that I would usually seek to distance myself from because I went very... uh, deep down that specific path or very far down that specific path. And I didn't really like what I found. The industry is dating and relationship advice, or some people might call it the pickup artist industry. Although those two things aren't exactly the same, there's definitely a lot of overlap. And initially I was a little bit reluctant to have Pablo on the show because as I said, I'm wanting to seek to distance myself between that stuff. And I didn't want it to play any part of my work, but these days I'm going more and more on, on feel and instinct and something about about Pablo and the way he presented himself, the way he approached me with his initial email just made me think I should give this guy a chance and let's see where this goes. So I did the interview with him and I really liked him. I, I got a I got a good vibe from him. I could sense, as I said in the show, I could sense that he he was sincere. You know, there's a lot of kind of slimy, creepy dudes involved in that kind of stuff. And I really got the feeling from Pablo, that he was a sincere guy and just a good guy, you know, and truth be told, a lot of us do need help with relationships and how we approach dating and how we, we interact with the woman in our lives. You know, I, I wouldn't say I've mastered it, but I've gained a level of mastery over the way I I interact with women and, and my romantic relationship. I still got a lot to learn and I definitely haven't figured it all out by any means. But if I look back on my understanding of the nature of women and the dynamic between men and women, my my understanding of it from like even as little as five years ago, it's it's so different and it's so much better now. So there are things that can be learned in this sphere of our lives. There definitely are. And try not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. When you hear that Pablo's a dating and relationship coach, just listen with an open mind. He's got some some very interesting and positive things to share. So give him that, uh, that you listen with an open mind. You guys have ranted on for long enough. Without further ado, here is my guest for this week, Pablo Rosario. Enjoy the episode. Hey brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Show. I'm here with Pablo Rosario, who is a dating and relationship coach. Pablo, thank you for making the time to come speak to me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this. I've been looking forward to this all week. That's great. Yeah, me too. You know, relationships... This show is all about helping men in particular lead exceptional lives and, you know, relationships are a huge part. There's a very cliched thing within the self-development community, and that is uh, this way of viewing your life as having three separate pillars, which are um, health, wealth, and relationships. So obviously, I I don't think that's the only way, the only filter to, to view the important things in your life through, but I definitely think that those three are exceptionally important. And, um, 
we haven't really had anyone deal with the relationships component up until this point. So it's, I think there's going to be a lot of value provided here. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? In my research, I came to find the same thing. And I found that men, they are typically more interested in more of the career, the wealth portion, health, maybe secondary, and the relationship part is something that they want to know about in secret. I feel like, I feel like as men, unfortunately, we have this thing around us where we're supposed to know how to interact with women, how to build relationships. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to do it, and if you're not good at it, you're less than a man, Mm -hmm. you know? Very, very true. Yeah. And I find that, you know, to be something that stops a lot of guys from having that well-rounded, liberated, free life. I totally agree with you. I mean, I have many, many questions for you. Uh, The first one, I guess, is how did you find yourself in this line of work? Man, so I found myself in this line of work. Actually, it all started when I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. That is when I had my first heartbreak. And I think a lot of us, uh, our journey starts with that one girl that broke our heart. And for me, it was when I was 10 years old. I was on the playground being a carefree kid. And her friend came up to me and said, hey, she's going to go out with so-and-so for two weeks. And if she doesn't like him, then she'll come back with you. (laughs) And when I heard that, oh my, I'm telling you, like my heart was broken. I I never felt like such a consolation prize in my life. Sure. And and I but I never forgot that day. I never forgot and from that day on I said never again. Never again yeah. am I going to be second place to anybody. I'm never going to feel like this. Yeah, I really respect that. Yeah. And so I did what, you know, a lot of us did. I went on the internet and I learned okay, how to talk to girls, how to get better with girls. And you know, through reading and through implementing I slowly started to get better and better at it. So I had a nice early exposure to it. And then what happened was that just over the course of you know my years, I got better at it. And then I caught the attention of Neil Strauss, mm-hmm. who is a New York Times bestselling author. He wrote The Game and The Truth, both great books. I highly recommend them. The Truth being far better than The Game, in my opinion. But anyway. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I'm right there with you. And yeah, so I got his attention. He said, hey, listen, we have a position in LA that I think you'd be good for. And I said, yes, without a doubt. Yes, without a doubt. I went and I took the job, moved to LA. And essentially for the past five and a half, six years, I was putting on conferences, coaching CEOs, entrepreneurs on how to improve every aspect of their lives, specifically with my specialty was dating and relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's where I am now, where now I have my own coaching practice where I help men just better understand themselves and develop the skills to better connect and meet with women romantically. That's cool. Yeah, so a lot comes to mind when I, when I hear the, the path that you've traveled because, you know, I, um, I went through something similar uh, just over a more expanded time frame. You know, when I was a little kid, I was, I was quite a chubby little kid. Definitely was a little bit more on the geeky side and it definitely wasn't a popular kid by any stretch mm-hmm. and I, I didn't have any success with girls right and then you know when I turned like 18 19 I, I lost my like you know baby fat and I, I was working out and I you know I turned around one day and I was like damn I'm a good looking guy you know and <laughs> you know as I, like things changed then and, and you know I, I didn't really have a problem with women for the next yeah. 10 years or so and then I, I met this girl and 
we um we had like a really intense relationship and mm-hmm. i that ended up being my first heart like well not my first heartbreak but like the first mm. actually no that's true the first the first terrible heartbreak and i remember the thing that that we really couldn't figure out is i'd done everything right according to the traditional theory right like mm-hmm. that being that like this is the way you treat a woman and etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. and and i just i was so pissed off with myself because i'm the kind of person if if something I like figuring things out. That's mm-hmm. I like figuring even life. I like, I want to know the best way to do everything. Right. So mm-hmm. this relationship ended and I was like, fuck that. I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm going to figure out what went wrong. How did mm-hmm. I find myself in that position? Mm-hmm. And I dived into that stuff, like that, that world of dating coaching and mm-hmm. you know, pickup artistry. And I obviously read that book, the game. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I remember at the time I was doing a show called London real and, um, we interviewed a, a dating, a pickup artist he classified himself as. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I went really deep into that world, like researching it. And mm-hmm. what I found, Pablo, is that it didn't make me feel very good. Like the, mm. you know, you know, like uh, to give getting a better example, to give you a better example, my, my wife, who is just, you know, I always say to people, I won the game. Like, I don't need games anymore because I fucking won the game. My wife is like, mm-hmm. yeah, she's, she's the prize, dude. She's the prom queen. Yeah. She's just the most incredible woman. And she actually got me onto this. Like, when we were dating initially, anytime I would do something that was like learned, like a learned behavior from that world of, of like dating and pickup artistry and stuff, she'd be like, why are you doing that? She'd just call me out on the straight. She'd be like, this is not authentic. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like, why, why are you doing that? Uh-huh. And so it's been a strange journey for me to go through doing everything that people told me to then finding this new system and trying it out and then coming back to now I'm back at the place where the original things actually work, but because I'm a stronger, more integrated, more actualized man, mm-hmm. they work. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. And I'm so glad you said that. And that was actually, that's actually a beautiful transformation and i think that's a transformation that a lot of us go through when we first find the game and things like that mm-hmm. and and here's the thing right i you know i can't i can't sit here and i can't sit here and you know talk bad about pickup artistry because it you know it did, it did you know give us give me the tools to to become better like it started to break down like how to connect with someone however though the way it was taught and the way it's taught in some circles is that it's a shell. Mm-hmm. The problem with tips, tricks, and lines is that they are a shell. And after a while, women will figure that out. It's actually mm-hmm. sooner than later. And then what's going to happen is that she is going to become surprised, disappointed, and actually feel taken advantage of because three months later, six months later, you're not who I thought you were in a, I was in a relationship with. You're not the person I thought you would be. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the other side of it that not people don't understand or really take the time to understand is that these things, these things, they actually came from a certain place. Mm-hmm. So it's not really the lines or the tips or tricks that work, but it's really the place that they come from. And so what I mean by that is, for example, you being funny, you being funny and you being able to have fun. When you're coming from that space of being funny and having fun and not really caring, being detached, you're going to say funny one-liners. You're going to banter back and forth with your wife. You're going to make fun of her and say, hey, you, you, know, you, you have a big forehead <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. And if you want to break it down, okay, yes, 
That's called being cocky funny. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's it's but where it comes from is from being naturally funny, being naturally you, being naturally in tune with who you are. And mm-hmm. so what you experienced, which was fantastic, is is you came to understand and accept yourself. And then you turned up the volume on that which is you. Mm-hmm. And then from that space, everything else comes out. Because that's where the attractiveness comes from, from being sure. you. Sure. Yeah, I find it, yeah, it's it's fascinating. The, the more, again, something that's tied into this is, it's a strange little quirk that's built into the nature of reality, which is also the, the more you need something or the more you desire something, that generally the further it runs from you. And as soon as you mm-hmm. get to a place where you don't need it, it like it's not even difficult anymore. And Isn't that weird? It's uh, whenever I, if I meet the man upstairs one day, if there's a man upstairs, I'm going to ask him why he made it like that. Because it's counter to me, it's counterintuitive, you know, like when you need money, it it flees from you. But when you have money, more comes to you. It's like, it doesn't make sense. It should be the opposite way around. But anyway, well, I have a theory, not to interrupt you, but I have a, I have a theory. The theory is because it's coming from a place of desperation. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, it all depends your intention and where it comes from. Same thing for money, from women. If you want it so bad, it, it turns from desire to desperation. Mm-hmm. And desire is attractive. Desire, like everybody loves to feel desired, but nobody wants to feel desperation. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's the difference. That's something that people got to keep in mind. And that's the reason why you don't get what you want, because you're coming out from a desperate place. Mm-hmm. Desire is a wanting. Here it is. Here's a clarification, right? Desire is wanting, but not needing. Whereas desperation, mm-hmm. desperation is I need it. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. I simply need it. And strange. I think, yeah, so it's weird. Yeah. So I think that's what it's it works so, out. I mean, to me, it's just strange because like, when I think, I guess we're getting really like off track here, but, and a little bit abstract, but you know, the, the mom on skid row with two kids to feed she's she's desperate for for money right like right right and and like why should it be that that desperation keeps it from her you know what i mean whereas you know bill gates gets people wanting to invest hundreds of millions of dollars with him every day without even trying you know like and he's the one who needs it less it's it's i guess my my issue with it is and again it's not really an issue with it it's just something i find interesting yeah it's got nothing to do with with how much you need something, the universe doesn't allocate according to need, mm. which is again, uh, no value judgments. It's just interesting for me. Yeah. Tell me, Pablo, like, um, what do you think is the biggest mistake most men make when it comes to their romantic relationships or, or dating in general? Man, there's so many. I mean, there's the, there's the belief that you need to find the perfect thing to say. That you need a perfect, you know, conversational starter to start a conversation. That's one big mistake. Another big mistake is that you need to be, you know, big, strong, rich, and look like Ryan Gosling in order to have successful women. That's a that's a big misconception right there. You know, another another misconception is that you have to be a jerk, like you have to be an asshole in order to get mm-hmm. women. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, there, there there's so many. I mean, where where can I begin? What do you what do you see? As, okay, let's let's work with the. I think that's probably one of the most prevalent ones I would guess is, is men think they need to be big, big, strong, and rich to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to attract a, a quality woman. How, how do you address that if a client comes to you with that? 
Okay. Uh, well, first thing I do, I mean, I empathize. I never want to tell somebody what they believe is wrong because it's what mm-hmm. they believe. Uh, the second thing is I would just essentially present them with contrary evidence. Because here's the thing. While those things do help, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> it mm-hmm. they, they do help. They not the, they're not the end-all, be-all. Oh, and funny, you just remind me of a story, which I'm going to piggyback at the end of this, which I think mm-hmm. you'll like. And it's a story about how me and my friend, we beat a boy band. Okay. We we yeah, love to we, hear it. Yeah, we beat a boy band for some uh, some women's attention and got their phone numbers. So uh-huh. I'll tell you that in a second. But yeah, so those things do help, but they're not the end all be all. You don't have to be dashingly good looking. You just have to look good. See, because women respond to things differently than men, and they have, you know, they respond to different attraction triggers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so, and these attraction triggers are more personality based and more character based. Mm-hmm. Men, we're visual creatures. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's part of the wiring. But women, like I said, are more characteristic-based. And so if you can do the inner work to improve your, character, your characteristics and do things to display certain characteristics, mm-hmm. you're going to do great. Which is why, like, why do you think the starving artist has so much success with women? He doesn't have any money, but he shows the qualities of ambition, of mm-hmm. passion, of having a vision. And those things women find attractive. And so to give you the short answer, to give you a short answer, it's not really about those external things. I mean, while they do help, I mean, you can still get the girl of your dreams by, by essentially displaying characteristics of a high value partner. And that's mm-hmm. a question you have to ask yourself. What are the characteristics of a high value partner of someone that I want to be around? Sure. And I think that comes back to the earlier part of the conversation. You mentioned um, displaying these high value characteristics, but I think it's it's even more important to to be and have those high value characteristics because yes. what a lot of what a lot of guys do is they fake that stuff. You know, they fake confidence or they fake that that I call it the masculine core, right? Which is yep. to to me, I mean, for me, like if I if I if I'm talking to like a younger guy about woman and trying to give him some help, or if I have a, mm-hmm. a client or a friend who's having a relationship issue, like I always just want to find out about like, is that masculine core presence? Like, does he present, does he have that, that solidity, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that woman, women rarely crave that because woman's energy is a very, um, it's a very different kind of energy. And it is so, so for example, I found like, even with my wife at the moment, the, the polarity between us is, is at its worst Mm-hmm. when I am all over the place, when I am mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, not grounded and not stable mm-hmm. and not, not present and not embodying that kind of male, calm, silent strength, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess for me, I'm, I'm always telling guys to, to work on whatever or do whatever it takes. If you don't have that to get that, you mm-hmm. know, for some people it might be martial arts. Some people might be a meditation practice. Some people it might be, I don't know, taking an acid trip and figuring out what the fuck is wrong with you. <laughs> like, I mean, there's, there's loads of different methods, but yeah, I, yeah. I see what you're saying. It's, just, it's not, but, but for me, it's not just displaying the characteristics. It's to embody them and, and actually own them. hundred percent, hundred percent. Because again, then from that place, everything else will come out. I mean, if you are like, check this out, right? Like a, a common tactic that, that is taught among, you know, pickup circles, seduction circles is a thing of like high value storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you tell stories that display a certain characteristics. Now, when people first start, they're going to tell stories of like, oh yeah, you know, I was with my stripper girlfriend and, you know, we, we did this amazing thing when it didn't really happen. 
mm-hmm. right? And then later on, she'll find out like, oh, wait, you never had a stripper girlfriend. The funny thing, like for me, I'm in a, I'm in a two-year relationship. When we first met and I would trade stories, right? I would tell her my job at the time was like, oh yeah, what do you do for work? Oh, so I put on conferences for CEOs and entrepreneurs all across the country, uh, like in Canada and the Caribbean. Uh, so I get to travel a little bit, things mm-hmm. like that. And so to the, to like one would think like, oh, that's a pickup line. No, that's my life. Mm-hmm. And so now my life is the, is the attractive thing. Everything that I'm saying is it's who I am. I'm just being like that. So sure. it's very important, like you said, just to be. And once you be, you're going to outbeat, you're going to win over the guys who do have the crazy money, the, the crazy looks, and they have the, the boy band. The boy band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of, so let, let me get into it really fast, if I may. Yeah, sure. Right? I'm without one of my friends, and we're at this we're at this lounge in Los Angeles. And me and my friend, we get into these conversations with these uh, two beautiful ladies. And then in the middle of our conversation, some super pretty looking dude interrupts it, puts his phone in front of her, and says, "Hey, can you take this survey?" And she goes, "No," but that survey was actually uh, his phone opened up to the contact screen to put in her phone number. And so he went away, but that's not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. We keep talking. They excuse themselves to the bathroom. And then we re-engage later. And then a guy comes up and says, hey, you know that uh, this band is here. You know, they're, they're a band, they're singers. Mm-hmm. And then my friend, my friend who's actually in the music industry, he goes, oh, what's their name? They say, I forget their name. And then my friend goes, hmm, never heard of them. That's a stupid name. <laughs> and then right there in that moment, boom, they were gone. Like they had no shot at all. They had no shot at all. And me and my friend ended up getting the phone numbers of the two girls. And the, and I like to think the reason why we ended up winning that battle, that's the way I think, but the reason why we ended up winning that battle was because, like you mentioned, that internal thing. Because any other guy, I imagine, um, who hasn't had his internal stuff rock solid, he would crumble in the face of someone else with money, someone else with, with you know, fame. Sure. You know, but he and I, him especially, he wasn't phased. I wasn't phased. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't apologetic for who I am, what I want, because I knew who I was. I know who I am and what I bring to the table. I knew the conversation I was provided was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so, and the women sensed that. Whereas, and I assume they can also sense the fakeness within the boy band. Sure. I, I, can, I can believe that. Yeah. And that was the day, me and my friend, we beat out a boy band. So to all the guys listening out there, you can, you can, you can win, okay? You can win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's so coming back to that point of having interesting stories or having uh, stories that demonstrate high value, it, it's tied into this idea it forms a large part of my work. I mean, if you want to be an interesting person, you have to do interesting shit, right? Like, yeah. you know, you, you can't just go take the package vacation. You've <laughs> got to go and, you know, uh, do the jungle trek or do the go wrestling in Mongolia, at like a traditional village or whatever it might be. You know, you've got to, that's the way you, you get these stories and these life experiences and also putting yourself in those situations where you're uncomfortable and where, you know, yeah. things are kind of dicey or you might, there might be an element of danger. That's yeah. what allows you to grow and become a powerful, solid man with like a, this strong masculine core. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely do that. Anyone listening, you should definitely do that. Stretch yourself, put yourself in situations where you grow. And on top of that, in thinking about the average guy, let's say the average guy that may be, he's not, he hasn't gone out there yet, right? In mm-hmm. my mind, I, I also like to think about, okay, cool, how can this guy become a superstar? And, or, yeah, so, or superstar, maybe he doesn't have those crazy stories, or maybe he does have those crazy stories and doesn't know how to express them. And so this is what I tell a lot of people, right? If you want to become a great storyteller, as you tell, tell less of what happened and tell more of why it was important to you and how it changed you. Because Mm -hmm. when you do that, you start to convey emotion. You start to convey those characteristics. And so, and that's what people respond to. Otherwise, if you're just telling what happened, it's like reading an instruction manual. That's super Mm -hmm. boring. (laughs) Nobody cares. But if you can, if you can tell like an average day, I is one of the things that my, my girlfriend compliments me on. I can tell stories about my average day and make them seem like an epic adventure because simply I talk, I talk about why was this thing important to me and how it changed me. And then when you're doing that, whatever story you tell, immediately you're going to capture people's attention. It's going to be like, you know, like it's going to be like telling stories, you know, around a campfire where everyone's looking at you and going, wow, really? I never thought about that. And the reason, because you're engaging emotion. Mm. And there's, I guess there's an even deeper element at play, which is to be able to do that, to be able to fully experience and then what's happening to you and then turn them into immersive stories where you relate that emotion. You need to approach the world in a certain way. You need to be really present and open. And I get present is, is the most powerful, is, is the best word, because when you do that, you you live more intensely. And so you you're bound to you know, uh, generate or sorry, have more better memories and better stories to tell. Whereas if you're just too much in your own head and you're racing around and you're not like not doing anything intently and, and with focus and presence, you don't really generate content for your stories. If that makes sense. And you makes a lot of sense. You're you saying all the right things right now and all of, and the reason why I love what you're saying, and it's really at the core of what it is that I do. It's, is living your life a certain way, having a certain approach to life, being a certain person, that is the source of being an attractive man, of attracting the women you want to your life. It's, it's, it doesn't even start with learning lines or anything like that. It's doing everything you just mentioned. Sure. And I'm, I'm starting to think that that is actually the key to pretty much, I mean, over and above women. You know, if we look at the, mm-hmm. the health, wealth, and relationships, coming back to those three pillars, there's a, another little trinity, which is the, the be, do, have. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's about being that person mm-hmm. and doing the kinds of things that that person would do. And then ultimately, you will have the things that that kind of person would have. So, you know, someone who wants success with a career, right? Like, you know, the, the thing to do, again, you model yourself, look at the kind of person you want to be, like Richard Branson, mm-hmm. and ask what kind of person he is, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, then you become that person by doing the kinds of things that he does. And then ultimately you'll have the successes or the, the things that he has. And I think that's vitally important. Oh, super important. And, that, and that's a great way. I mean, that's a great philosophy for life in general. If you mm-hmm. want to model people, if you want to model successful people, whatever it is they're doing, first look at how they're being. One of the things that I did when I was working with Neil is I observed him. I observed him a lot. And then I, when I asked questions, I asked just his thought process and things like that to get an idea of how is he being. 
Mm-hmm. And then from then on, because that like that man, he is on another level, a super genius. Hats off to him. Actually, maybe you could you could um, clear something up for me. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to ask him one day in person, but I'd, I'd appreciate your opinion. So I read his book, The Game, like six million of us did. Literally, I think it sold six million copies, and I found it very interesting and took me down an interesting path. And then I think it was two or three years ago, his book, The Truth, came out. Now, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you're at all interested in the human experience as a man and in particular your sexuality, I absolutely urge you to read that book. It is written with a level of vulnerability and it's just one of the most powerful books I've ever read. It helped me in ways I can't even begin to describe. So I read that book and he clearly conquered some deep-seated issues with with his sexuality and and his, his family dynamics that were causing him to try to fill that void through sex. And he conquered that and then he he got married. And this is a spoiler alert. So if you don't want the book to be spoiled, please skip ahead 30 seconds. But Neil Strauss got married and then he ultimately, he got divorced, I think a year or two ago. And that, I couldn't figure out why did that happen? Like why he, he seemed to have it figured out in the truth. You know, at the end of the book, he, he found his dream girl and he, he overcame all his addictions and everything. And he got married and he had a stable, loving relationship. I just want to know, do you know why that ended in divorce? I don't, I don't know why I ended a divorce. Uh, what I do know is that they are actually very great friends. They okay. are, yeah, they're very great friends. They hang out with each other, friends. Uh, I believe they have something called a D anniversary dinner. <laughs> Where, where, where you know where they meet on the uh you know on the they are divorced and stuff like that uh-huh. and you know and from talking from neil's perspective uh in his mind you know if i had to take a guess of what he would say is just because it ended doesn't mean it wasn't a success okay yeah interesting yeah that, that's what I, that's what i think he would say yeah yeah i, I already hope to hope to have him on the show one day and ask him that question because honestly that book for those listening you owe it to yourself to read that book. It is beyond profound. Oh, truly. Mm-hmm. I'd say one of the, the top five most important books I've ever read in my life. It's just truly, truly profound. Um, thank you for bringing that up and, and, and sharing it with everyone. So yeah, I, you, you've, we've put you in one of your talking points. You, you have like something to offer the men listening, which is a, a tip on, on how to, the truth about confidence and how to gain confidence in 30 days. And I, I think that's interesting. I'm, it's going to be a tough sell for me because I don't know that you can gain confidence in 30 days, but p- please share with us your, your method. Yeah, sure thing. So the, the, the reason why I say 30 days is, and it can actually be quicker in some instances, is by knowing the truth about it. And, and once you know the truth and you accept it, you're able to access it more and work with it better. And here's the thing about confidence. So confidence is not a permanent state. It's not, you know, you're not, you're not confident a hundred percent of the time. Confidence is an ebbing flowing type of, of feeling. That's number one. And then two, understanding what, where does confidence come from? What do you have confidence in? Now, a lot of guys is when, here we go. Now we're, we're getting into the fun stuff. So when a lot of guys talk about confidence, they think about confidence and approaching a woman and talking to a woman, what they're secretly hoping is, okay, I have confidence that she'll say yes. I have confidence that she'll like me. If you ask guys, you know, they'll worry about getting rejected. They're worried about uh, whether or not, you know, they'll be made fun of. That's what they have confidence. That's what they're hoping to have confidence in. But Mm -hmm. here's the thing about confidence is, is they're placing their confidence in the wrong thing. Right, You're, that's 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 the equivalent of putting your confidence in the weather. 
<laughs> because yeah. that's not guaranteed. You have no control over that. And so with that, with that system and mind frame, you're going to go crazy. You're going to feel insecure. You're going to feel worried. And so instead, have confidence in something that's solid, that's consistent. Those are the things we have confidence in, things that are consistent. So do you have any examples of, of those things? Yeah, 100% too. So when it comes to like dating relationship or talking to women, one thing, the thing that you can have confidence in is that you know what to say because you've planned it out, you've practiced it, that you can say it, that you're competent, that you can repeat the words. You can have confidence in that. And more importantly, you can have confidence in the fact that you're going to be okay regardless of what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's the same thing when you step out the house. Anything can happen when you step out the house. But you have confidence that should something happen, you'll be able to be able to take care of yourself and you'll be able to, to, um, to be okay. And I think that that is ultimately what women are looking for. I mean, they're not looking for a guy with the, the cool lines or the like $500 or $1,000 leather jacket or whatever it might be. They're looking for the guy that they can feel confident in knowing that when they're with him, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Right? He'll, he'll handle it. Like if, if some, if there's a situation, he's going to be that, that strong balanced Egg. masculine presence. Exactly. Confident that he'll be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. Guys will tell you like entrepreneurs and other, like, and I get this from entrepreneurs. They, they don't know what they're doing, so to speak. Every, every entrepreneur is figuring out. But one thing that I pull from them is that they have confidence in their ability to figure it out. Meaning mm-hmm. they're, they, they, they have confidence in they feel comfortable being in the unknown. And so with that, and it's a matter of proving that to your subconscious. And so mm-hmm. why I say in 30 days is because it's the way it happens is honestly not by magic affirmations, not by anything like that. It's by taking action, right? Sure. The, subcon- the subconscious, it's show me, not tell me. Hmm. Right. And the way you show me is by taking incremental steps every single day. So for guys that are going now just Friday and Saturday to go and practice their interactions with women, talking with women, you're not going to get as much success because it's too spaced out. Instead, aim for little practices every single day. I'm talking mm-hmm. about Monday to Sunday. And what's going to happen is through repeated experience, your subconscious is going to see, oh, Oh, they, oh, when people, oh, people say hi back to me. People are actually nice to me because mm-hmm. it's repeated over and over and over in a loop. Your subconscious is hard headed. Mm-hmm. And I've done this experiment with myself. I've done this experiment with many other guys. And by day 30, their belief systems have completely changed, mm-hmm. have completely changed for, I have one guy who told me that he told me that before, if I used to see someone who, who, who looked angry, I wouldn't say hi to them. But now my belief is, oh, that's just the face they make before they smile at me. <laughs> that's great. And it'll be, and it's from this repetition of doing it every single day for 30 days. And by the end of it, you'll be able to access that feeling of confidence a lot more frequently, a lot quicker. <laughs> and you'll prove to yourself like, hey, when I say hi to people, I'm okay. And that's what you have confidence in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I think there's a lot of power there. Something that came to mind while you were discussing or while you were sharing that with me is the listeners of the show will know like uh, there's this theme that I just keep coming back to, which is the idea that the world is your mirror. And I mm-hmm. somehow I work it into pretty much every aspect of my life and mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. informs a big part of my understanding of the way, of the nature of reality. And I think also that one of the things I didn't ever really like about that pickup world when I was exploring it was it comes from a place of, of like 
taking like what can mm-hmm. i take what can i get how many women can i sleep with mm-hmm. like how many hot girls can i how many numbers can i get how much can i get how much can i take from the world right and mm-hmm. i think what happens when you approach dating and women with that energy then you will usually attract someone at that same level or who will mirror that back to you so you will attract mm-hmm. a kind of I don't really like the term, but like a gold digger or like a, a shallow woman who, mm-hmm. you know, if you're just, if you're just a guy who's looking to just fucking bang loads of checks, which, mm-hmm. you know, there's a time and a place in everyone's life. I'm not judging that, but generally those are the kinds of chicks you will attract. And if you just want that, that surface thing from a woman, which is looks right, then you attract a woman who also wants the surface things, namely wealth, power, and, and, mm-hmm. and looks as well. So I think that that plays a big role into it. Like you need to first define like what kind of energy are you bringing to, to your yeah. quest for a relationship? Are you, you know, are you, is it, are you coming from a place where like, what can I give? Like what, what, what can, how can I make someone else better by being in their lives? You know, how can I be the best show up in the relationship as the best possible person? Then they use, you're going to find a mate that reflects it back at you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. The energy you put out is the energy that you definitely get back. Listen, if you want to, if you want to keep it simple and you want to change your dating life, right. Is a simple phrase I tell everyone. It's every, everything just simplified to this. Okay. Ask yourself, how can I make this person's day? How can I enhance their experience? Because that's what that's what all these tools are for is to make somebody's day, to make them to to make them feel good. Essentially, how can I give value? How can I give value in this in this interaction? Can I make them laugh? Can I tell them a cool story? Can I teach them about themselves? Can I um, you know, take them on an adventure? If you continually ask yourself, how can I provide value? How can I give this person value? Uh, you you come off as a giver. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to hang out around a giver. Nobody wants to hang out around a taker. Takers are leeches. Mm-hmm. And if you're and if you're constantly that person that gives, you create this vibe, this aura around you that actually attracts people to you, sure. attracts the people that you want to you. And like you mentioned, you're gonna find someone equal. You're gonna find that lovely lady that loves to give to you in ways that you can only imagine. Sure. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean. I, all pretty sound advice, man. And and I really appreciate you sharing that with myself and the listeners. And I can hear from your, from our interaction, I can hear that you're a, a sincere person, which is to me probably the most important thing for someone who does the kind of work that you do. And I, I guess the next thing to ask you is where, where could the listeners find out more about you if they wanted to maybe work with you or get some of your programs or something like that? Yeah. So you guys can also always follow me uh, on Instagram which is at pablo.j.rosario. And also, if you guys want to work with me, if I could be of any service, if I can help any guys turn their dating lives around with like any help or support, you can always just send me a personal email. You know, my personal email is pablo at pablojrosario.com. Let me know you're a listener of the show and I'll make sure to get you going. Great. Pablo, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you, my man. And I truly wish you the best on your, your continued journey. Oh, thank you so much. I had a marvelous time. This conversation was really, oh, like it was really the stuff I like to talk about, the real good stuff. Thank you so much. That went better than expected. As I mentioned earlier, I'm a little bit reluctant to engage with that community because when I'm getting involved with it and studying that stuff and reading books like The Game, it took me to a place where I didn't feel, I didn't feel really good and I, was, I didn't really like the person I was becoming. So I was a little bit reluctant to 
to involve it in Liberation Mentor and in my, my new line of work. But it turns out that Pablo is a really sincere guy and he has some really cool insights. So in hindsight, I'm really glad I made that choice and I was happy to have him on the show. The book that I spoke about or that we spoke about, Neil Strauss's The Truth, I, I cannot recommend that book enough. You know, every now and then you come across something that truly changes the way you view the world and changes the way you move through the world. And for me, The Truth was one of those books without question. If you've ever had issues with regards to dating and women and your sexuality and how to master your sexuality and if you ever had like a porn addiction or just something about your your sexuality and, and your relationship with women that just didn't feel good or that wasn't that wasn't serving you i cannot recommend that book the truth enough i don't want to say i was a sex addict but i, I don't think i was too far off at one stage in my life and reading that book just I don't want to say it cured me, but the truth is it cured me. It made me see just what a dark path that is and, and how it doesn't lead to anywhere good. And it does it in a very entertaining format. It's an amazing narrative and it's it's told with such vulnerability and such truth that you, you cannot go wrong reading that book. Even if you don't have any of those issues, it's, it's an amazing read either way. So I cannot recommend it enough. That's The Truth by Neil Strauss. Cool, guys, I'm going to end it there and uh, we'll be back in a week with another episode. Until then, love and light. Love and light.